0: This is episode number 27 with Executive Director of Spin Coalition, Rebecca Johnson. Welcome to the We Love Philly podcast. My name is Carlos Aponte, a Philadelphia school teacher whose mission is to promote volunteerism throughout the city of Philadelphia and help put the brotherly love back into the city of brotherly love. Each week my students and I bring you a person or organization that is making Philly a better place. Thanks for spending some time with us and let's dive in. Lao Tzu once said, Those who flow as life flows know they need no other force. Mihai sent Mihai once said, Flow is being completely involved in an activity for its own sake. The ego falls away, time flies, Every action, movement, and thought follows inevitably from the previous one, like playing jazz. Welcome everybody to the We Love Philly podcast. We are recording today the entire episode from our new podcast recording space at Rec Philly. If you're unfamiliar with Rec Philly, it's a place for creative entrepreneurs to go to be amongst other creative entrepreneurs and to have resources and network and have a space to express themselves. I'm really excited for today's episode. I have a really close attachment with the SPIN coalition. My wife actually volunteers for the SPIN coalition and has been volunteering with them for the past few years. So I had to had to have them on the, the podcast. I was really excited for my students to volunteer for them at this past year's Kid Cella at Smith Memorial Playground. We had a ball. On this episode, we talk about how to cultivate long-term volunteers if you're starting a non Profit organization, how to get these volunteers coming back. We also talk about what it means to achieve that flow state that is talked about in Mihai Cheat Mihai's book, Flow: The Psychology of Optimal Experience. And we also talk about how Philadelphia is the perfect city to turn your passion into your livelihood. Rebecca works at a nonprofit during the day. She also is the executive director at Spinco. In her spare time, and she also does a lot of other work with nonprofit organizations. So, we get into how to sustain yourself by working at a nonprofit organization. We're really excited for this new school year. If you haven't been listening to previous episodes, I recently moved to a new school at 4th and Somerset. I'm still with the same program, One Bright Right Community High School, but now I am in a new location at 4th and Somerset, and they have agreed to let me begin offering our students a high school credit for joining the We Love Philly program, and they're giving me the opportunity to open up We Love Philly to any student, 16 to 21 year olds, who would like to join One Bright Right Community High School. If you join One Bright Right Community High School to get your high school diploma, you can actually join the We Love Philly program absolutely free and earn a high school credit towards becoming one step closer to graduation. So if any of our listeners know of a high school student who would like a new experience and and of course my opinion a way better high school experience check out our page We Love Philly. If you click on the enroll button on our website welovephilly.org it will take you to the page where you can enroll at the school. Just make sure when you are enrolling that you request to be at the Fairhill campus because that is where I'm stationed for this year. My intention is to have this at all of our campuses, all five schools all across Philadelphia, but this is the trial year, so I'm really, Really, really blessed to be living my dream and being able to create a curriculum and create this program to help high school students not only learn about entrepreneurship and volunteerism, but also use it as an opportunity to get one step closer to their degree. So like I said, if you're interested, you know somebody who wants a better high school experience, they want to get their diploma in a shorter amount of time, definitely, definitely check out our website, welovephilly.org, and push the enroll now button. If you would also like to donate, we uh, One Bright Ray Community High School is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. So if you would like to donate to We Love Philly, you can donate through One Bright Ray Community High School. Let them know that you that you would like the funds to go to We Love Philly so we can keep expanding the program, and that's where the funds will go. So we're really excited. If you want to find out more about what's going on at We Love Philly, you can check us out on Instagram at We Love Philly, on Facebook at welove.philadelphia. We hope you enjoy this episode with Rebecca Johnson of SPIN Coalition. <music> at a new school in North, and, uh, fourth and somerset and it's mostly hispanic and african-american and even in the classroom like they segregate themselves yeah i hate it yeah i hate it i went over there to be a youth mentor and to run the we love philly program mm-hmm. but uh, one teacher had a baby so i'm like covering his class all week and just that's the first thing i noticed i'm like why are you all sitting on the opposite side of the room with each other
1: yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's scary. really hard to overcome. It's like generations yeah. of you know, thought process needs yeah. to be changed. Yeah, it's that's, so.
0: that's funny you say that. I just got done teaching about that today. I'm like, there's like two ways of living. You're either passing on generational trauma that was passed on to you, mm-hmm. or you're living with the burden of trying to stop that generational trauma to, from passing on to yeah the next generation. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, which, you know, which one do you, you want to be?
1: Mm-hmm. I like
0: pose that question
1: it's deep for uh yeah it's September, my, early September there. well that's
0: <laughs> yeah yeah well that's why I feel like that's why I'm not the teacher anymore I'm the youth mentor because mm. they saw that and yeah that's yeah. what I love to do right I, I, so
1: you don't have to like teach out of a book anymore yeah kind of yeah work student by student yeah yeah that's cool I, yeah
0: I love it I, I really can't complain I just pressed record. Oh, I, you did? Yeah, I've never done this before. Like sorry for not telling you. But I usually like yeah. have an introduction, but I like rather having a conversation. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to switch things up with the new year. What is the spin coalition? Is this like a bicycle race? Or are you like training <laughs> to ride bicycle?
1: Well, actually, if you go on Instagram and you search for SpinCo, you have to be really careful because our Instagram is Spin Coalition, but if you do at Spinco, it's actually a spinning Instagram. So, spinning is like the people on the exercise bikes yeah. that, and you know, their main competitor actually on Instagram is the spinning
0: oh, uh, wow. Spinco
1: wow. <laughs> so, on the bikes.
0: So, what's the difference?
1: So, what we are is we are a Philadelphia based nonprofit and we deal in the realm of circus arts. And when you think circus arts, you might think of Cirque du Soleil or like clowns coming out of a car. And while we do have some clowns coming out of cars occasionally, the Spin Coalition is focused on the movement arts. So movement arts is any art form that really gets you up out of your chair and moving around. And we add in props to that because the prop, what it does is it focuses you. So instead of just dancing around your room, you're actually trying to keep track of the thing in your hand. So that could be a hula hoop and that could be juggling balls. That could be like a martial arts staff or poi, which are balls on strings and you're basically trying to create patterns with these objects and sort of a dance flow with that in doing so you're kind of focused but you're also moving your body around and we find that it's very beneficial both to helping you put away all the stress of your day and focus on one particular thing and then also the fact that you're just moving around and not sitting down watching tv or going on your phone or your computer
0: i like the word that you used flow So I was reading a book about flow. Do you remember the author? Do you know who I'm talking about?
1: I do. The author's name is really long.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I (laughs) I couldn't pronounce it if I tried. But he speaks about getting into a flow space and how to get into a state where you're in absolute flow and you do your best work when you're focused on one thing at a time, but it doesn't feel like work. You're an expert. You could probably explain it way better than I do.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we've all experienced it at one point or another, and it doesn't have to be something movement related. You could be color a book and all of a sudden two hours has gone by and you're so into that, that you've completely forgotten about, Oh, I have to like, go home and do that. And I got to respond to this text. And you're just totally immersed in that one activity. And that's flow. The way that flow works is the more challenging something is, the better um, sense of flow you'll receive. So if you're coloring and you're really like trying to get into all those little areas, that's going to give you a better sense of relaxation and awareness of self rather than if you had a circle and they were like, color that circle. If it's too hard, then you tend to feel a little overwhelmed and might give up because it's just too challenging and you've got enough on your mind as is. So we try to find a balance of things that are fun for people, but also just a little bit challenging enough to keep you engaged. For things like hula hooping, we might start with waist hula hooping, which is what everyone usually does. And then once someone gets that, we try to progress to something a little bit more challenging, but still in the realm of possibility for the person so that they're not thinking, oh my gosh, I am not going to join Cirque du Soleil. So I will not ever hula hoop again because this is too hard for me.
0: I'm going to be honest. I have a lot of experience with SPINCO, with the SPIN Coalition, because my wife volunteers for the SPIN Coalition. Mm -hmm. And can you speak on the transformation you've seen from volunteering with SPINCO?
1: Yeah, so we started out not really having volunteers. It was just a couple of us. And then the more we grew, the more we realized that we couldn't do the work that was needed to be done. So we brought in these volunteers, thinking that they would just stay on for a year or maybe less and then move on. But a lot of them, like Steph, um has they've stayed on for many years because they enjoy what I think I mean, I'm not going to speak on their behalf, but I think that they enjoy watching the process of the organization and how we grow. And the way we grow is through our volunteers. So if someone has an idea or um, something they want to pursue, because we're tiny and volunteer run, we can take that idea and kind of go with it and see where it takes us. And Steph and a lot of the other volunteers were here during the beginning, where we were trying to figure out how we can engage the community. And I think teaching workshops is one thing that we do. And a lot of us have experience performing and things like that. But community engagement was something new. And that's when we brought in volunteers to go to, you know, local rec centers or parks and show people that hula hooping isn't just for kids. And even if it's for kids, you know, we can turn it into something a little bit more than what you think it might be and I think seeing the reaction from people so seeing what kids their faces when they see a giant pile of hula hoops (laughs) up to teenagers who see oh this is totally something that's really cool like cool enough that I can take a video of me learning like Doing this new trick that I learned and share it, and people are gonna think I have done something amazing. And then adults who say, Oh, I haven't done this since I was a kid, and to see the joy on their face when they redo something that they haven't done in many years. So I think that positive feedback for our volunteers is what keeps them coming back and is what keeps them mm-hmm. super engaged.
0: And it's so true. When we volunteered, my students and I at Kid so this was at Smith Memorial Playground, and You said that kids see the big pile of hula hoops, they're engaged, and even teenagers go over, but when we were there, we seen even adults to the point where, I forget the radio station that was at Kitchella, but they paused everything they were doing, and they said, okay, we're going to have a hula hoop contest, (laughs) everyone grab a hula hoop, and we're going to do it for 30 seconds, whoever's the best hula hooper wins. I forget what it was, but everyone grabbed the hula hoop and everyone was into it and everyone loved it. You can just see that flow state that everyone gets into where you're really only focusing on one thing in that moment as it's happening. It reminds me a lot of dancing, dance like no one's watching. Mm -hmm. Like you see that when people have the hula hoop, you see that when people have the poi, you see it. I've even seen it at some of your events when people are spitting fire. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing the level of concentration, but at the same time, that level of freedom that you see these people dancing around. And it's almost like a carelessness, but the concentration is unbelievable.
1: Yeah. And I actually really like it because I was never into sports growing up. And I think at a lot of block parties and community events, you might see people playing some sort of sports activity, and the nice thing about what we do is that there's no rules. You can sort of explore in your own way how things work, so... I've had kids who can't hula hoop on their waist. Um, we have a program that works with adults that have intellectual disabilities. So the idea of putting something on their waist and holding it there is really tough for them to grasp. So instead we say, well, what if the hula hoop was a tunnel? Or what if it was a ring of fire? Yeah. Like, how can we interact with this toy and this prop in a way that brings out the creative energy of people? And it doesn't have to be you know, the set of rules, like, okay, this is how you do it. Step one, step two, step three.
0: Yeah. So what was your go-to movement art?
1: When I first joined, it was a hula hoop and I started it because I was, I graduated from college. I had all this free time because I did not have homework anymore. And I had a job that was paying me money. And so I was like, what do I do with this money in this time? And so I found some free fitness class or not free, but I paid for some fitness classes. And then one of the classes was a hula hooping fitness class. And I was like, oh, this is easy. Like, yeah. why is this fitness? And it kicked my butt. And I got into shape from that class. And that's sort of propelled me into the circus world. And then I found Spinco because they they not only did classes, but they had a community. And that was another thing I wanted after graduating from college was, you know, friendship and finding a community that could keep me going after work or, you know, with all my free time that I had. Yeah,
0: and that's amazing. Would you say that is the go to reason why you're able to get volunteers to stick around? You're creating a community, you're creating a place to meet friends and share creative ideas. And it was really cool what you said as well, that you listen to the actual ideas of your volunteers and you implement them.
1: Yeah, we have a really good no judgment zone. And I think by the end of the year for our new volunteers, they pretty much feel like family because we try to do a lot of things. You know, we're at all of these community events, we're organizing workshops together, we're dealing with crises that arise when it's like, oh no, there was a typo in the email that we sent to all of our followers. And we have calls every week too, all together. So it really brings us together as a team. And I think that that sort of no judgment zone and saying yes to people and just letting people be their own selves. If you go on our Instagram, you can see if you scroll through the posts, a lot of our members or a lot of our volunteers will post uh, about them. So instead of saying, hi, my name's Lindsay, I hula hoop, it's Hi, my name's Lindsay. I really like cats and here's some weird tidbits about me. so you get to get a sense of the personalities behind us. So we're not just circus people, we're actual people with other you know interests and loves yeah. and talents. Um, it's really cool. The diversity of our volunteer team is great.
0: Yeah, I love the community that you foster. I remember Steph going to an actual workshop and you put on these workshops and you invite people from the movement art community and you're giving them a stage to show people their skills. And now you have other people learning from them and for you to be able to facilitate it all. It's a really amazing thing that you do to build that community, especially in Mm -hmm. Philadelphia.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of our volunteers are people that have shown up to our community events or have taken a workshop with us. And then they reach out and they say, hey, I really like doing this stuff. Is there a way to get involved? And we're like, yes, welcome to the cult.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, and the fitness aspect is the added bonus. I don't know how many Mm -hmm. times I've walked in to my house and Steph is doing her flow art which is hula hooping writing in the living room and you can just feel the heat in the entire <laughs> house just yeah. from her moving and I'm like oh my god this is amazing like you're getting the out at home you're having a great time you're having a ball your favorite music on I've met a lot of movement artist. And I've watched all of the people who have dedicated a legitimate amount of time to the movement art and to see their growth, especially when it comes to Mm self-esteem and confidence and ownership of this new part of their lives. It's really, really inspiring to see how being in that flow state can completely change someone's personality.
1: Yeah. I think that goes back to also the fact that there's no rules it's not like, okay, you've completed level one of hula hooping yeah. onto the next level. There's always things to learn and there's always things that you keep going back to because you love it so much. And I think that's what bolsters people's confidence is that they know, even though there's always, you know, you can go on Instagram or YouTube and you can always find someone doing something you're doing, but better. And that's something we always have to deal with, especially in this age of social media. But with the prop and movement arts, we can kind of create our own path and create our own unique style. Maybe there's a song that you love dancing to that no one really else loves dancing to and that's your thing. Or maybe for a lot of the kids, I try to ask them like, okay, you can hula hoop, but can you do it on one leg or can you like lift one arm up? And, you know, they create like a special handshake with it. So there's ways you can personalize it and make it your own thing, which
0: is awesome. Yeah. You mentioned kids. Is there a specific program you do just for kids? So
1: most of our community events we don't organize, we partner with other nonprofits okay. and community based organizations. You mentioned Kid Cella. So, Kid Cella yeah. is put on by Smith Memorial Playground, which is a nonprofit out in sort of Fairmount Park area. And so, we partner with them. So, we're on their flyers, we're catering to whoever is going to their events. And a lot of times, most of the events we are catering to are kids because. We have a rule as a nonprofit that we will only come to events that are free and for the benefit of a community. So you'll never see us at a private party or anything like that. We do have performers that are more than happy to take those gigs, but as an organization, we will only stick to events that are free of charge for people. And a lot of those are catered to families and children. Yeah. So I would say in the summertime, you're bound to see us with kids. And in the fall and winter when it's workshops, those are usually adults because those are people that are seriously looking to add a new hobby to their life.
0: When I was on your website, I was really inspired. I have a cousin who we've been raising since one years old. And he suffers from uh, a mental illness. And it was really cool when I was on your website, I came across Spinco Together. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh my God, I wish we knew about this when he was a lot younger. I don't know if he has the confidence to do it or if he's over the age limit, but Spinco Together seemed really cool. What is Spinco Together?
1: Yeah, so I think I briefly mentioned that before. Um, Spinco Together is a grant-funded program. We partner with nonprofits that are focused on intellectual and mental disabilities and actually the program that we just completed, the one that we've been doing for the past two years was with a nonprofit called Kindred Hearts and they work with adults so it's people, you know, in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and beyond. So all of our classes that we did were all with adults. And they had a range of abilities in terms of how much they could move, how much they were willing to move on an emotional perspective. You know, some of them were very cautious. They stood in the back of the class. And it was a very good learning experience for us and extremely rewarding to see that those adults who made the decision to come back time after time, the improvements that they made. So going from just holding a hula hoop and just standing and not really knowing what to do with it and then actually being able to hula hoop with it after a few months of the classes, that was really cool because that's actually someone overcoming, you know, long-held fears and long-held barriers in their life. And if they can do that, what else can they do? You know, so it opens up this whole world of possibility to them. We're taking a brief hiatus from that program right now. So you might not hear too much about it, but if you keep tabs on our website, we're trying to think about other nonprofits to work with. In the mental health world, there's a lot of red tape in terms of what you can and can't do with clients and with people that have these disabilities. So we're just kind of working through those areas and learning more. We're so grateful. One of our board members works in social services, so she's been great in helping us navigate all of those rules and regulations around bringing programs like this to those populations. Yeah,
0: it must be so rewarding.
1: Yeah, it was challenging too because as a teacher, you go in and you're like, okay, we're going to do this and that and everyone's going to participate and then you just have to be prepared for maybe it's a bad day and maybe all they want to do is sit in the hula hoop and, you know, play patty cake or something. So, and you have to be okay with that. So that was something we had to learn as we went and not something we really thought about. We spent so much time thinking that we had the plan all together. (laughs) But it's the same with kids and it's the same with really anything. It's like you have to be ready to change and to adapt to your environment. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I love that you said that. That's one of my favorite things I said to my students, adapt, change, evolve. Exactly. That's what makes you human. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Since you've been a successful nonprofit for the last eight years, what advice would you give people who want to be a nonprofit organization, a successful nonprofit organization?
1: I would say start by volunteering. Find local nonprofits that really You feel like you can really connect to what they do, whether that be in music or art. There's so many nonprofits in Philadelphia in every sort of discipline you can imagine. A simple Google search will kind of help you with that. That way, when you volunteer at a nonprofit, you kind of get a sense of how it works. And you might start as a volunteer just, you know, licking envelopes or... Me handing out water bottles at events, but the more you volunteer, the more people you know, you'll create kindred spirits yeah, with other people. Yeah. And the nonprofit world is not how you make a million dollars, but it's It's a world where you can really feel value in the work that you do. And that might not mean that you are making a huge salary. And don't get me wrong. There's some nonprofits where you can actually make a livable salary. I work at a nonprofit in my day job. But the main reason for nonprofits is, you know, nonprofit. It's to do the work because there's work that needs to be done. And there's not always a lot of money behind that. But there's a lot of intrinsic reward. You know, there's a lot of feeling and a lot of get back that you can have as a person. And it looks great on a resume too. You know, if you have volunteering experience and you're applying for a job, people know that you have passion and that you're, you've been able to sort of activate that passion. And that's super attractive to people who are looking to invest or employ or anything like that. Yeah. I tell my students
0: all the time when we go out and volunteer, since you're volunteering with us, you're going to be working with people who's made it their life's mission to help other people. So if you ask them anything, they will be more than happy to help find you an answer, help connect you with someone who knows someone Mm -hmm. else. And just to be in that atmosphere, especially for a lot of young people who don't have the most positive outlook on Philadelphia. It's really life-changing to be in that atmosphere. It's really cool.
1: Yeah, and Philly's great because we're... Uh, We're small enough that people know each other. It's like once you get involved in whatever community you want to get involved in, even if it's like a really specific, you're thinking, oh, there's no one else that is into this the way I'm into it. And you're probably wrong. There's probably already a group out there that's doing the thing. And because Philly's a city, we have that opportunity to experience and try new things, but we also are a small enough and well-connected city that you can easily find other people and connect. And so that's you know that's one of the reasons why Philly's the only city that has a nonprofit like Spinco, one that's energizing the local community and one that's bringing circus workshops taught by people who are renowned performers from all around the world that are coming to Philly because they know that our community is strong enough here that they can be guaranteed a full sold out workshop which is amazing cuz other cities New York, DC, Boston, they don't have the resources that we have as Philly, you know. We're we're able to get lower rents occasionally or we're able to reach out to the people we need to. Yeah. So Philly's great if you're trying to start up an idea or a project. Yeah.
0: I agree. Can you recall the moment that SPINCO mattered to you?
1: I do recall the moment. It was when I had been taking classes there for probably almost a year. And SPINCO was started in 2011. I started taking classes in 2012. And then I joined probably in the winter of 2013. And when I was taking classes long enough that I was getting to know the teachers and everyone and the president at the time, Kelsey, she asked me if I wanted to joined Spinko and she has one of those personalities that you always say yes to whatever she says because she makes she can make dirt on the street look like something you want in your pocket so she just has that personality and I was like totally and she knew that I sort of worked with numbers in my day job so she said do you want to help me, you know, with the numbers a little bit? Because it's something that I'm not good at. And I said, sure. And I went into their PayPal account and they had like $6 in there. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, like, I really want to help you grow this. And like, make you know, you can't do anything with less than $10 in your PayPal account. You can't even buy coffee mm, for yeah. yourself. I made it a point to get finances back on track and start budgeting. And that's like, for me at that time, that was where I found value because I could I could help in a real way in a way that maybe I wasn't at the time I wasn't really good at hula hooping you would not catch me dead performing in front of anyone I didn't really like know many people in that community but I was really good at math and adding numbers up so I was like I'll use these skills and help and then all of a sudden now you know we just hit it's still very small, but we just hit our $15,000 revenue goal for this year. So that's super exciting. That's so cool. You know, it's chump change. But if you think about where we started from yeah. in 2013, it's a really big leap for oh, us. I'm, absolutely.
0: So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Not many people can say that yeah yeah for a good cause
1: (laughs) all for a good cause and we're we're all volunteer led obviously because fifteen thousand is a lot for a volunteer org it's not a lot if you're trying to pay yourself money but we're all volunteers and that's what makes it great is that money goes any donation goes such a long way for us
0: yeah this is a question we ask everyone towards the end of the podcast if you could go back in time and tell the teenage version of yourself three things what would you tell you and why
1: Ooh, that's a good question. So the first thing I would tell a teenage version of myself is to not be afraid to be who you really are. I think I spent a lot of my teenage years hiding who I was, both physically and mentally and hiding skills and always kind of being in the back of the classroom. And it, I think that, that um, just having that confidence in yourself, you might not have it now, but I think just to Even if it's a mantra that you tell yourself, like, I'm an amazing person, and whatever I do today is the best that I can do for myself. I think that's important because as teens, you're just, especially now, I can only imagine with all of the social media and things that you read about other people, you're like, oh my gosh, where do I fit in with all of this? So just knowing that you are the truest form of you that can happen today. Number two, I would tell myself to move around some more because (laughs) I was such a weak teenager. I cheated in gym class on all the tests because I couldn't do a push-up and hula hooping, and I do a lot of aerial arts now, so trapeze. And I'm so proud of my strong body now. And to think back when I was in high school and just – I would faint because I was just so weak and I couldn't stand up and my blood pressure was affected by it. So if I had a hobby back then that wasn't a sport because I was very non-competitive as a teen, if I had something to hold on to that could make me feel more confident in my body and the strength that my body has, that would have been a real good piece of advice i could have given to myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like get up, go for a <laughs> walk or something. <laughs> Don't watch tv all day. And the third piece of advice would be to to maintain creative outputs. When i was a teen, i was i was actually first chair flute and i had none of my friends were doing band anymore. They had all progressed into whatever else they progressed into. They were like bands bands not cool anymore yeah. and i was like yeah, I'm I'm done with band two. And it's probably one of the biggest regrets in my life that I didn't keep with that. But if you feel like you have a passion for a particular creative expression, be it music, art, dance, theater, um, singing, whatever, just stick with it, even if it's just you practicing alone, because it's easier to pick those things up when you're younger because you have more time.
0: Beautiful. So how can we follow Spinco? How do you have a website, social media? Do you have any events coming up that people can go to in the city?
1: Yeah, we have events coming up on September 21st. We are participating in International Peace Day at Mifflin Square Park. So there will be lots of demonstrations around peace. There'll be games, food, music. It's free to attend. Mifflin Square Park is in South Philly. It's on 6th and Britner Street. And we'll be there with hula hoops. So come celebrate peace with us that day. September 27th, we're at the same park again, Mifflin Square. And they're doing sort of fall appreciation day. There's going to be tons of lawn games and face painting and food and music. And it's just a really fun park to hang out in. It's a huge park and they've got great equipment to play on. They've got a basketball court. So we'll be there also. And then the final one is World Hoop Day, which is the first Saturday in October, October 5th. And that's going to be held at Pet Bowl. Pet Bowl is a nonprofit. And one of the ways they make their money is by running a bowling alley. We're paying for everyone's bowling from 530, from five o'clock to 6 30 p.m is free bowling and then besides that we'll just have people hula hooping we'll bring hoops Um, it's a great bowling alley so if you like bowling or if you just want to come and hang out and meet some of us we'll we'll all be there all of the volunteers will be there the way you can reach us if you can't come to those events and we have events all throughout the year so keep tabs on us you can visit our website at www.spinco.org and that's s-p-i-n-c-o dot o-r-g You can find us on Facebook at the Spin Coalition. Just search for us. Instagram, same thing, at Spin Coalition. We're on YouTube, same thing, Spin Coalition. Um, And if you have a Twitter, we're also at Spin Coalition on Twitter, I believe. Um, But Facebook and Instagram, we're, we're posting a lot there. And you can see... Um, you know, upcoming events and past events on our website and on our social media.
0: I want to take a second out to send some love your way. What your organization has done for for my wife is absolutely amazing. I've noticed that like so much of a change and just to, for her to have that outlet and to meet all these new people and to continue her journey with movement arts. It's absolutely beautiful. So I appreciate you for having the venue and the arena for her to practice that in. And then just that your organization is so community centered and it's so accessible and it's so judgment free and i've been to so many events and just to watch how everyone gets along how everyone seems to love each other and even even to the point where i'm listening to your your weekly call ins with all the volunteers <laughs> and just listening to all of all of the love that goes on during the call it's really really inspiring and i appreciate you and everyone who works for the organization for that
1: thank you thanks for your support you know a lot of us we have these hobbies and it's so good to have people who support us on the back end whether it be parents spouses partners whatever so Thank thank you for supporting her in that
0: so one last question. What's your definition of love?
1: That's a really big question. Mm-hmm.
0: No one answers it the same time. Like, no, one. <laughs> no yeah. If you ask answer. me tomorrow, it'll yeah, be yeah.
1: different. <laughs> um, my definition of love today is just this sense of unconditional care for people in that you don't care what you get back. You only care about giving to the other person. So that's my short and sweet definition. Beautiful.
0: Thank you. This segment of the podcast is called Just My Thoughts, where we tie in an educational philosophy to the episode you just heard. Just wrapping up the episode, Rebecca, the educational philosophy that comes to my head is that through focus, you can achieve real happiness. So I know a lot of people out there have a really hard time focusing. A lot of my students have a really hard time focusing. But if you really sit back and you think about it, in all of your past experience where you were completely happy, the reason you were happy is because you were usually focused on something you really, really love. Without that undivided attention on that one thing, you wouldn't have been able to achieve that ultimate state, that flow state that we talk about in the episode, where the time flies by, where you're so engulfed in one experience that you feel like you could do it forever. It happens all the time when we're having fun, when we're with friends and we're completely engulfed in a conversation or an experience or if you're on a date or if you're with your significant other and you look at your watch, six hours have gone by and you're like, what? I feel like we just met up. I feel like we just got started. Well, that's that flow state. The reason you achieve that is because you were literally only focused on one thing at a time. You weren't worried about what happened in the past. You weren't worried about what you had to do later. You were completely engulfed in that flow state, in that focus. And that's where all the magic happens. So we challenge you this week to go out there, try to achieve that flow state. If it's coloring in a coloring book, if it's volunteering, if it's exercising, meditation, however you can achieve that flow state, however you can have that focus on one thing at a time, go out there, challenge yourself and try to do it. Have a beautiful week. Peace.